Hi! Welcome to episode 7. Um, this is going up late because, Jesus, my life is a mess right now. Work is just wild. My anxiety is wild this month. Let me tell you about it. I don't see, I don't even know where we're starting here. I'm gonna start on Patreon. Stickers, videos, a makeup tutorial so far is what we got on there. So, like, if you are interested in any of those things, $15 get you in there. I want to see if I can't do, like, a yearly payment thing and then have it be, like, 35 bucks a month or something like that, or 35 bucks a year. Um, but I don't know. I honestly don't know how to start this thing. So, like, yeah, it's not that important. I just want it to be there for anybody if they want it. Um, I'm kind of trying to cover all my bases with social media. That's why we are on iTunes, Spotify. Um, if you want to hear me anywhere else or you listen on another thing and you're like, well, this is kind of inconvenient or, like, I only downloaded Spotify to listen to this, then, like, let me know what you stream on and I'll pop my podcast on that. I don't know if it's that easy, but I'll try at least. <laughs> um, there's an Instagram account at Murders a Drag, and I've been posting on there pretty... Um, frequently and I also post on the Facebook page less frequently but I don't know I don't post too terribly much there's not a whole horde of you guys right now so I don't think anybody minds you want me to post more tell me you know comment DM there's all the social media and the Facebook page murders a dragon yeah so oh my god guys I last night or no, the night before last, I couldn't sleep because there was just siren after siren after siren coming down my street. And I live in, like, this neighborhood that's in the middle of, like, some farmland. It's called Kistler Farm Road. So, like, yeah, clearly it's in, on a farm. It, so this doesn't usually happen. But, you know, as nosy as I am, it was, like, 3 a.m., so I'm, I just wanted to sleep at that point. I'm babysitting my sister's cat, who is a delight, but who also wants to sleep in bed with me, so it, you know. Um, and then I wake up in the morning, and it turns out, like, the new part of the neighborhood that they're building burned down. Like, my fucking neighborhood was on fire. And I was just like, can you shut the fuck up? <laughs> like, wow. That's, and it's, nobody was living in the houses or anything, and nobody got hurt, but it, like, the new builds that they were doing, six houses, were considered a total loss like six whole fucking houses completely burned to the ground and I'm over here like um can I sleep for a little bit so next time you get pissed off at a siren think their neighborhood could be on fire I guess I don't fucking know that was wild though and then I ended up missing work the next day because I was too goddamn tired and my, like I said my anxiety has just been kicking my ass this month like ooh I need you know but I've been handling it, because I know how. You just gotta breathe through it, you gotta remember to take your meds, you gotta not do things that make you anxious, <laughs> and it's hard when that is literally anything, like it has been these days. But I've been kind of, you know, choking back that anxiety and still trying to kick the day's ass, but that is, you know, anxiety's rough. It's a rough and tough tumble. Depression's department we're doing good. My meds are working for that. My anxiety, though, I don't know. I might go back to my um, medicine lady and have her assess the situation. Yeah. Well, that's me. That's my corner. Um, I'm going to start with my sources this week. That way I don't forget. 
I criminalmindsfandom.com so like criminal minds yeah fandom <laughs> uh, wikipedia uh, and uh, murderpedia and serialkillers.braincombs.net had a great article um, that I got most of this from and then the wikipedia and criminal minds and all that stuff kind of filled in some gaps when it comes to victims because this guy had a lot okay Patrick Kearney was one of the three total, um, oops, I kicked, was that me or the cat? I don't know. I don't know. Um, he was one of three total freeway killers. So, like, serial killers who've been named freeway killer, which is like, come on, let's get a little more creative. Like, let's get, are we gonna start getting specific with the freeway? I mean, that would be, that would, I would give that more kudos. Um... All three of them, however, were active in California in the 1970s. So, West Coast, that's all of you. Uh, Patrick Kearney was actively killing for over a decade, from 1965 to the spring of 1977. So, he was, he he was like a long-range kind of guy. Um, in his early life, he's described as being thin, sickly, and the target for severe bullying. Which... Mm, not an excuse to be a serial killer. Um, and Kearney's family life was described as being stable, so this guy was really just a psychopath. Like, there was genuinely something wrong with him. It wasn't a, like, a, if it was a nature versus nurture thing in this situation, this is all nature. This was gonna happen regardless, I think. Because, I mean, he had a good upbringing. Besides Billy. Um, I mean, that's kind of the exact formula for a psychopath killer, though. Anyways, he claimed that it was while he was a teenager that he started to fantasize about killing people. Um, he lived in Texas for a little bit before he moved to California, where his reign of terror... <laughs> where he... where that started. I'm sorry. Spooky season. In adulthood, Patrick Kearney was very, quote, skilled at picking up guys um, for one-night stands. Uh, he worked at an aircraft company for a while in California, and at that point, he would, I guess, travel down to Tijuana, Mexico, um, to party it up with the gays down there. He was fluent in Spanish and would often pick up guys while he was there, so he was a good player. In 1962, Patrick Kearney picked up an unidentified 19-year-old hitchhiker um, on his motorcycle. He drove him to a secluded spot where he shot him in the head, then proceeded to have sex with the corpse. So, like, hopeless romantic, clearly. Um, this was his first murder, he claims. Um, and the floodgates were open to many more gruesome murders. That was a weak sentence, Aura. You should have done better. Anyways... Before I go into more killings, I want to discuss um, Patrick's M.O., his modus operandi. Because I just want to emphasize how much of a fucking psychopath this guy was. Like I said, it's not any, or it's not any nurturing that went wrong. It was pure psycho. Um, after the killings, he would often beat the corpse. He said it was cathartic and that he, he would beat the men that looked like his uh, school-age bullies. That part, I think, is bullshit. Um, he was big on dismemberment, and he would often uh, cut up bodies with a hacksaw, and then sometimes wash the pieces, 
and put them into industrial-sized trash bags uh, to dump their disembodied limbs um, over ravines and in canyons and in landfills. Um, he always shot the victim while driving with his left hand. So he would shoot them in uh, the temple usually with his right hand and um, drive with his left hand. He would leave the body slumped upright in the passenger seat while he drove to the spot where he'd necrophile and, you know, do all of his nasty stuff. And he would also drain the victims of blood, sometimes before dumping them. Oh, so, okay, no. Obviously, it would be before dumping them. He would sometimes um, drain the blood of his victims, and then also sometimes drive the bodies to the desert to be naturally decomposed by animals and the elements, because, you know, he is a mixed psycho. Mixed psychopath, as we like to call it here at McDonald's. What is that noise? Wow, Lucy, my sister's cat, is just, like, listening to me intently right now. She loves it. Um, at this point, Patrick was living in Redondo Beach, where he met his boyfriend. Um, everywhere that I looked, it kept saying partner, and that always pisses me off, because it's like, no, we're fucking people. Boyfriend's a boyfriend, girlfriend's a girlfriend. A partner makes me think of fucking police. Or, that's the only thing I can think of with the partner. Anyway, um, Patrick Kearney and Dave Hill often, that's Patrick and his boyfriend, bam, often got into heated arguments after which Kearney would go take off on a, a drive to cool down, where he was actually terrorizing gay man, gay men and hitchhikers throughout California. Um, in 1962 in Indigo, California, or no wait, Indio, I don't know, uh, the same year um, and location as his first victim, Kearney picked up a 16-year-old boy who was um, actually related to his first victim. He was his cousin. And he murdered him in the same manner. So I'm trying to take this chronologically. Bear with me. He also killed um, Mike. That's the only name that they have for him in Indio. It, uh, he was 18. Uh, also that... <laughs> this isn't going well. I'm sorry. Um... Then a John Doe in Orange County in 1965. My apologies. He went to a friend of his boyfriend, Dave Hill, um, in Tijuana while he was gallivanting on one of his trips in 1967, where um, George, which is, again, the only name that I have for him, lived in this really nice apartment or like villa thing in the area Kearney entered George's bedroom where he was sleeping and shot him point blank in between the eyes uh, this is when Kearney began to experiment with bodies after he had sex with the corpse um, he cut the bathtub <laughs> damn it he cut the body into pieces in the bathtub using listen now I'm just laughing through dismemberment using an exacto knife not sure how the fuck he did that with an exacto knife. <sighs> okay. Then he decided to uh, cut the bullet out of George's head so the gun couldn't be traced. Um, George's identity was never formally discovered. Um, that's why I'm only calling him George. After that, 
Patrick Kearney claims to have not killed for a year out of paranoia of the law. Um, I guess he took the year off. He saw some sights, did some things. Uh, he took time to refine the MO and he became cleaner and more efficient. That sounds bad. Then after his year off, he said he started killing more often. Uh, he would murder somebody once a month. And these are murders that um, I didn't really find a lot of detail online. Um, so I'm just going to list them, kind of. On June 1971, 13-year-old John Demchik is murdered in L.A. 13. That's awful. 17-year-old James Barwick was murdered in an unknown location in California in August of 1974. Um, Kearney smothered his youngest victim to death, Ronald Dean Smith Jr., in Lenox, California. He was only five. Then, in April of 1975, 21-year-old Albert Rivera is murdered in San Diego, and 20-year-old Larry Jean Walters in Los Angeles. In 1976 and 1977, Kearney picked up the frequency of his murders, so he started killing more often, leaving a list of victims. And as I have always done with this show, it's important to say their names. I'm not just doing a laundry list. It's important to focus on the victims in these situations. All too often, the serial killer gets glorified. That's absolutely not what I'm doing. Um... Gay men, I mean, gay men in the 70s didn't get the same news coverage when they were being killed. And I think that's why it's important to bring these back up. Because the serial killer got all the news coverage and these gay men who were being murdered were just seen as numbers and, you know. Okay, 17-year-old Kenneth Buchanan. He was shot four times. Sorry for the crankling. Crankle, crankle. Um, 13-year-old Oliver Molitor, 15-year-old Larry Armadares, see, I said it's important to say their names and I can't even pronounce them, um, Patrick Kearney told the police that they'd never find his body, 13-year-old Michael Craig McGee, 23-year-old John Woods, 17-year-old Larry Epsey, 20-year-old Wilfred Lawrence, Fairty. What? Okay. Randall Lawrence Moore. Couldn't find an age. 17-year-old um, Robert Benefiel. 27-year-old David Allen. 20-year-old Mark Andrew Orak. 19-year-old Timothy Ingram. 28-year-old Nikki Hernandez Jimenez. 24... 24-year-old Arturo Marquez. Oh, we're going downhill here. Eight-year-old Merle Chance, who he smothered with a sweater, plugged his nose with his fingers and covered his mouth. It's believed that this was because the boy heard or saw something. Kearney didn't want him to. I think that that's just people trying to put logic to an evil person. Um, all of the victims I named without cause of death, were killed in similar fashion to 17-year-old John Otis LeMay. That's the murder that got this monster behind bars. Oh, I switched to blue pen, Diva. At this point on the paper, we have moved from black pen to blue pen. Here we are. Okay.
<laughs> on March 13th, 1977, John LeMay told a neighbor that he'd met a man named Dave, and he was going to Redondo Beach to meet up. When he arrived, it was, in fact, Patrick Carney and Dave Hill's home, so, like, yeah, that's the Dave that he met was Patrick Carney's BF. Um, Carney answered the door and told LeMay that he could watch TV inside until David got home, and then John went and sat on the couch... Patrick said that he just impulsively pulled his gun and shot him in the back of the head without even thinking. Kearney then started cutting the body into pieces. He scattered them in the desert, and LeMay is confirmed as the last victim of Kearney's spree. I start talking fast when I talk about gruesome details because I want to let you guys know how psycho he is, but it's weird to say this stuff out loud. Um, however, this time LeMay's remains were found. Um, on March 18th, only five days after. He must not have hidden them very well, or they started frequenting his dumping spots or something. I don't know. Um, days earlier, police had questioned Hill and Kearney about, um, Larry. No, that says LeMay. I can't read my own handwriting. They had questioned him about LeMay. I should type this up. I really should. Because he'd been witnessed with the couple. I guess somebody saw them, and that was enough for them to go on the run. So, they peaced out, and their families ended up pressuring them to turn themselves in, though. Somehow. That's like, pressure a psychopath to turn themselves in. I think that it was his relationship with David that made him turn himself in. And then David was cleared of all involvement. He probably snatched... Maybe he made a deal or something, or maybe he really just did want a threesome and it didn't turn out the way that he thought it was gonna. Um, Kearney was charged with all 21, or no, with 21 of the 28 known slayings because of a lack of physical evidence for the other seven. Which is awful for those families. Because they don't get that, it just, I feel like that would just be never getting justice, that's awful. Um... He pled guilty to all of the counts and was sentenced to 21 concurrent life sentences. Very cowardly as a killer to want to avoid the death sentence because you so freely killed people. Um, anyhow, pst. as of five years ago, he is in a California state prison and he is still alive. And that is the murder spree of Patrick Kearney. One of the three freeway killers. Ooh, ooh. Oh, this beanbag. This beanbag is really something. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. This recording was rough, and I am so tired. And just so tired of being anxious about everything. But Halloween's coming up, and I've been having a lot of fun playing around with makeup and doing different spooky looks, which you can see on Instagram. I've been having fun with that. Um, yeah, that's, that's a wrap, folks. I'll see you next week with, um, well, you're just gonna have to see. You're just gonna have to see. But I'm doing a super special Halloween episode. The week of Halloween. So don't get too excited. Um, um, Patreon, iTunes, Spotify, 
Murders a drag at Gmail, Murders a drag on Instagram, Murders a drag on Facebook. I'm gonna make a Twitter. All of those things. And please, please, please rate, review, and rate and review and subscribe on iTunes. That will get me on the charts and then more people will hear me. Mwah.